morning, everyone. Let's rise to our feet. We're going to worship this morning. Turn the person next to you and say hello.
You know, we serve a God that is pursuing us. We might think we're too far gone. We might think, you know what, in our lives, there's just too much that hinders us from God being able to fully embrace us and love us. But that's not the case. God is pursuing us each and every day, each and every moment. All we have to do is just open our hearts to him and just receive his love. And so let's just worship him this morning. Let's just thank him for that glorious love that will never stop until he has all of us.
he's a massive God, but he's still so close and so near to each and every single one of us. And, you know, I don't know what your week looked like this week. You know, and it's the amazing thing. If we stop to slow down long enough, we might see the most mundane moments and be able to see God in them if we would just open our hearts to him. You know, maybe you've battled sickness this week. And if you slow down, you'll be able to see God and know him as your healer. You know, maybe you've had a rough week and you've had a really difficult time and you just feel like you're heartbroken. But if you invite God into those moments, you can start to know him as your comforter. You know, we can take every single thing that happens to us, every single situation, every single thing that we experience, and God wants to teach us a component of his character. And he wants to flow in and through our lives. So we just need to open our hearts and we just need to surrender every single component of our lives to him. Let's have nothing that's off limits to God. He already knows all. We just need to open it and surrender it to him. And so let's worship this morning with everything that we have, with a heart wide open, with our lives wide open, just saying, God, I just want to praise you. I just want to praise you for the little things. I want to praise you for the big things. I want to praise you because I've seen you move in my life, and I just want to lavish you with the praise that you deserve. And so let's just worship from the inside out this morning and give God our everything. doesn't matter what our voices sound like. It doesn't matter if we even know the words. All we need is a posture of worship before God that just surrenders everything to him and says, God, you're good. You're always good. And I just want to praise you for it. Justice and praise be 
Pastor Buddies, he delivers the message, God. Let us receive it with an open heart, God. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Welcome to church this morning. Uh, we got a really cool opportunity for you guys to check out this video. Hi, my name is Patty. I really appreciate the worship and production team. I think they do a great job of teaching us about what the Bible wants us to do and presenting it in a way that makes us want to do it. They have the whole sermon and worship all go together. They're picking topics that really apply to my life. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I am very thankful for the welcome team at Salem Fields. My friend invited me to come here, and from the guy waving the flag to show me where to park to the people that opened the door, they all just made me feel so comfortable, and this is where God led me to be. 
I feel like they're sharing hope with others. You know, I could have had a really rough morning getting here, but they just all embraced me with hugs and just warm smiles. Everyone is just so loving. So those are people that have been impacted by all the different ministries of Salem Fields Community Church. And so over the summer, you have so many different people go on vacations. And But uh, we really wanted to create an opportunity. We've done this the last couple of summers where we give an eight-week opportunity just for you to try serving in a particular ministry. And so uh, it really is just this short-term opportunity to where, you know, you can go, you can check it out for eight weeks, and then uh, at the end of the summer, it's done. And so, uh, but you would also have the opportunity to continue on, but this is just a, a way that you can actually experience and try out, you know, maybe I would like serving in this ministry uh, with a very short-term commitment. So uh, if you are interested in that or you want more information about what that would look like, there is a table right out in the lobby. Uh, and you can go, you can ask any information, ask for any information uh, that they have, and we'll get you signed up today. Uh, also coming up, we have a couple of really cool missions opportunities. Uh, Kelly's really excited about it. So hopefully you guys are excited about it too. This is an amazing opportunity for us to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus all throughout the world. And so I said last week there's opportunities for high school, middle school, they have a two missions trips opportunities coming up but then everyone else there's also uh, Ecuador in August and Guatemala in October there is a missions table out in the lobby they'll give you all the details for that uh, if you feel that tug in your heart definitely just step out uh, really ask questions um, and God really might be calling you to do it and so uh, you definitely want to take advantage of that uh, also next weekend is Mother's Day weekend and so this is going to be a blast uh, we really just want to honor and celebrate Mother's and so we want to encourage uh, the mom who brings the most people with them gets a special prize. And so it's a, a really good one, too. And so I just want to encourage you guys, uh, bring as many people as you can because we really just want to celebrate mothers and make sure it is an incredible weekend. There's going to be photo opportunities. Uh, it's just going to be a blast. So definitely be there for that. Uh, also coming up, I'm excited to announce this one. Uh, well, actually, I thought it was a different one. But women, you should be excited about this one. So this is Scoops and Smiles. You guys are going to have a blast eating ice cream together. And so that's going to take place Friday, May 18th at 7 p.m. Uh, if you want more information about that, child care is provided. You can just email women at salemfields.com. Now for the announcement I thought was coming. Family dance. So my kids have already been prepping for this. We have dance parties in our house daily and so I know they are going to be excited about this. You know, we thought there, we could do a father-daughter dance or we can do a mother-son dance. We we're like, let's just open it up to the whole family and let's just have a great time together. And so the cost of that is going to be $15 per family. So uh, that will cover if you have a really big family, you're all set. Uh, so there's going to be dancing, music, food, a selfie wall, dance-offs, which I will win, and so much more. Uh, so you guys want to sign up for that, get registered, you can go to salemfields.com dance. Or if you want more information about that, just email info at salemfields.com. We're going to be taking our tithes and offerings during this next song. Uh, hopefully you guys are familiar with the many ways that you can give here at Salem Fields. Uh, give as the Lord leads you and just give with a cheerful heart. You know, I can tell you, uh, just I've seen God move so mightily 
in my life just through me giving him the first fruits of everything that he has given me. I mean, he has just come through every single time where, you know, things aren't adding up or, you know what, or just going through a difficult season in life. Uh, the faithfulness of God just proves true, and that's because my family and I have chosen to put him first. And so I just want to encourage you, if you haven't experienced the joy of giving and putting God first uh, through tithes and offerings, I definitely want to encourage you to do it, and you can see God move in amazing ways uh, in your life. And so we're going to continue to worship with our tithes and offerings. You can uh, give through cash or check as the buckets come by and go out to one of the giving kiosks, do debit or credit out there online. Just click that little green button in the top right-hand corner. Or as always, through the Salem Fields Community Church app, which hopefully you have downloaded that new one. So I want to encourage you to continue to do that. And so we got a special song from Naomi as we continue to worship.
good morning. It's good to see you guys here today. You know, Rich got so excited about that dance-off uh, that he forgot to welcome guests here today. If you're a guest, first-time guest, we're glad you're here. We do get into a little more dancing around here. And uh, there's a gift for you out in the foyer. We'd love for you to stop by and pick that up if, uh, if you are a guest today. We're glad that you're here. Well, had to spend last weekend on the golf course. Somebody has to do it. And uh, so I represented Salem Fields well, had me a big win. I won't mention any names, but had me a big win that I was excited about. <laughs> yeah, he knows who he is. <laughs> yeah, y'all can look right back this way right here. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Hit the tree, ball comes in the everywhere. I like that. Anyway, we're glad you're here today. Uh, you know, I heard a story about a minister who was walking down the street, a pastor, when he came upon a group of uh, uh, boys between 10 and 12 years old. Now, you know that's a problem when you come uh, 10 or 12-year-old boys. And the boys had surrounded this old dog, and the pastor was concerned that the boys were hurting that dog or was going to hurt the uh, dog. And so the pastor went over and asked, what are y'all doing to that dog? And one of the boys replied, the dog is just a, an old stray and we all want him. But only one of us can take him home. So we decided whichever one of us can tell the biggest lie gets to keep the dog. Well, the pastor was, he was shocked. He said, you boys shouldn't have a contest about telling lies. Don't you know it's a sin to lie and and then he launched in, as sometimes pastors do, a 10-minute sermon about lying. And the pastor ended his speech by saying, when I was your age, I never told a lie. And I mean, there was dead silence for a while. And just as the pastor was beginning to think he'd got through to them, the smallest boy gave a deep sigh and he said, all right, you can have the dog. <laughs> So today we're continuing our series, Don't Be Fooled, and this week's uh, title is God Doesn't Wink at Sin. Now I got the short straw on this one because it's every pastor's dream uh, to come on Sunday on the weekend and talk about sin. Because, you know, I know you guys are excited about that and, uh, and really uh, anticipating this. Uh, I told somebody this morning, this is a hellfire uh, sermon, so set close to the front. Uh, but anyway, you know, it's just... Uh, if we don't talk about sin, then uh, probably doing you a big disservice as pastors of the church. Uh, because I, I believe that when I think about uh, the church after 30 years in full-time ministry, you know, I think as I look at the church today, I'm talking about the church, not just Salem Fields. I think today more than ever, uh, we as Christians are just winking at sin. I mean, we are making, almost making our own rules these days. Our own, uh, you know, if it uh, feels good, we do it. If it fits my lifestyle or the lifestyle of someone else, then it's okay and we just kind of wink at it. And I, and I really believe it's one of the most dangerous things as believers that we can do is forget the magnitude of what sin has, uh, the role that sin has in our spiritual destruction. And so, and also I think that we have gotten so uh, accustomed to winking at sin ourselves that we believe that somehow God winks at our sin as well. So don't be fooled. Proverbs 10.10 10 says, winking at sin leads to sorrow. And not only, sor uh, not only does sin lead to sorrow in my life, 
in our lives personally, but it leads to sorrow in the lives of others in our lives, and it affects others, and it leads to sorrow, I believe, in the heart of God. Here's the deal with sin. Sin is like a boomerang. You know, when you throw a boomerang correctly, I've never been able to do that, uh, the plane of its rotation causes it to travel around an arc and back to the thrower. Sin is the same way in our lives. You see, you can throw it long, you can throw it far, high, and hard. You might even throw it out of sight, but it will always come back to you. The Bible says in Numbers 32, 23, that you can be sure your sins will find you out. Now, honestly, I sat in my office this morning and thinking about this message. It took me a good half an hour to uh, come out of my office after going in. I do that every, try to do it every Sunday morning and Saturday evening. And, and I was sitting there, I was saying, Lord, is there anything in my life that's going to show up? I said, Lord, you know, if there's something that I need to confess, then show me. Because the Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. And I can attest to you that your sins will find you out. We can throw them as hard as we want. We can hide from them. We can throw, uh, throw it out of sight. But the Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. Now, you cannot sin and get away with it. Sin will hunt you down, hound you, and haunt you until it finds you unless you deal with it. You know, sin can be fun for a season, but it will find you out. Now, sin takes us further than we want to go, keeps us longer than we want to stay, and costs us more than we ever want to pay. Sin, for uh, the most part, is a leap in the dark. I mean, we know we're doing a dangerous thing, but we do not know just how dangerous it is. The author of Hebrews speaks of sin's deceitfulness. The Bible says, being, but encourage one another daily. And that's what I'd really like to be doing today. I hope that you can kind of take this message as an encouragement to us today uh, so that none of you, none of us, will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You see, sin will lie to you. Sin will say to you, go ahead, what can it hurt? Nobody will know besides God will forgive you. Don't be fooled. When we wink at sin or somehow think we're just barely doing something wrong, so slight that maybe it won't count, be sure our sins will find us out. God doesn't want us to kind of sin. He wants us to be totally obedient in all areas, those areas of temptation that we face. You see, actually barely sinning is still sin. It never fails, folks, when we dabble in sin. When we just dabble in sin, it will always lead to sorrow and our defeat. Now, I want you to watch a video that uh, actually I got voted not to show it uh, because uh, it's kind of old, like me, and uh, lyrics are a little different. It's kind of fuzzy, but it has a huge message. shocked. You know, today, everybody has a little pet sin. I mean, it's a big deal. I, all right, don't get me wrong here. 
I'm a good guy. I go to church. I, I'm a Christian, you know? So what's the big deal about a little vice? I mean, it's just a little sin. Besides, I can put it away whenever I want to. Put me away? I mean, I'm in control. No, no put me away. Oh, look, like I said, I'm in control here, you know? No one even knows about it, you know? I, I keep it in the privacy of my own home. I mean, my wife doesn't even know about it. My friends don't know, nobody knows. Anyway, like I said, I'm in control here. I can put him away anytime I want. Try to put me away. <laughs> A little weird, scary, but true. The Bible says if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. I'm telling you, we don't, we underestimate what the, our enemy of our soul is determined to do all that he can to destroy us. And sin is always crouching at our door, ready to pounce on us if we're not careful. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about, more about uh, that as we go along. So if, if we know that sin will lead to sorrow, why do you think that we continue to dabble in sin? I mean, I, I thought about that a lot and thought about, first of all, I believe that, uh, that Christians have a greater desire today for comfort and fun than we do about being obedient to God and realizing his blessings on our life. You know, we, we can be obedient to God and, and we don't get those uh, instant uh, feel-good results that we're looking for. God's blessings don't always just kind of show up right away when we're obedient. And, and we're, we live in a, in a society and a culture today where we want it now. We want to feel good. We want to have comfort. And we want to have fun in our life. I also believe we live in a day where, our, uh, where there are so many choices and options that the line between good and evil have become fuzzy. It's just, it's so hard in our culture to determine what's good and what's evil because there's so many choices and options. We live in a time of, uh, of spiritual ambiguity. You see, because there are so many voices out there. I mean, you can just go through your radio dial and you can get a message and you can hear uh, self-help. I mean, there's so many voices, there's so many choices in our culture today uh, that when it comes to our spiritual lives, we hear all these voices, and so we're no longer certain about uh, uh, who or what we believe about God. And fourth, I don't think we uh, we take in the uh, we understand completely the full extent of our action of sin, nor its total consequences on our lives, uh, personally and spiritually. But did you know that when you sin, you get a paycheck? Yeah. I mean, there's a paycheck that comes along with sin. And uh, you do. It's found in Romans 6.23. Here it is. For the wages of sin is death. So our paycheck is death. We can sin and our paycheck is death. We, that, we've earned it. But the gift of God, which I love that part of it, 
But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now the consequences of sin are severe. I mean, death and separation from God for all eternity. Which takes me to a question I hear a lot about in the church today. We want to talk about God's love. I mean, oh man, God, is, God loves us and he does. He loves us uh, beyond what we can even imagine. And, but we, we, I hear people say to me, well, if God is love and God loves me like he says he, you say or he says he loves me, why doesn't he just wink at my sin? Why, why is it that he has, I have to live with all this guilt? Maybe this illustration will help. Johnny. Now, you know we always use the illustration. We use the word Johnny. Uh, any Johnnies in here? That's good. Uh, Johnny has disobeyed his parents all day long. You got a Johnny in your house? Not I mean, that would be out of the house, but anyway. <laughs> when I grew up, we had a Johnny, but he was outside. <laughs> or she. Uh, anyway. I'm not really into this sermon too much today. <laughs> But Johnny, you know, he has he's disobeyed his parents all day long. You know, you say, Johnny, if you're a good boy today, at the end of the day, we're going to get ice cream. But all day long, Johnny has just been disobedient all day long. But at the end of the day, he expects to get uh, rewarded with ice cream. Susie, who is uh, hoping for a pay raise in her next review, even though she almost always disregards what the boss has to say and does things her own way. Now these two examples reflect the justice and love of God. The justice and love of God. Why does God not wink at sin? Because of, of his justice and his love. Now it would, it would not be right, I don't think, or even good for Johnny or Susie to be rewarded at the end of the day. I mean, we're going to really mess our kids up if we tell them all day, if, you're, you know, if your behavior's good all day, we'll get you some ice cream, but the behavior stinks, and at the end of the day, you buy them, you buy them ice cream anyway. Or disregard the boss and still get a raise. Both Johnny and Susie have disregarded human authority that has been placed rightly over them. Now, if we agree that it is appropriate and good for us to receive discipline by human authority, why would, we, why would God, why would we think that God would wink at sin? Sin is a bigger deal than we often realize. Sometimes we explain sin as a mistake. You know, parents will say to their kids, well, sin's a mistake. Well, sin's a, there's a huge difference between sin and a mistake. Uh, because when we call sin a mistake, it drastically underestimates the seriousness of sin. Sin is best understood as rebellion and rejection of God. Now, at best, sin ignores God's law and does its own thing instead. At its worst, sin purposely rejects God's law in place of something it has decided that is better. Now, it seems to me if God was going to wink at sin... I believe that he would have winked at uh, Adam and Eve's disobedience in the garden. I mean, think about that. All they did, all they did was take a bite out of an apple. We'll use an apple. I mean, they didn't eat the whole apple. Eve took a bite, said, hey, baby, here, take a bite. He took a bite, just like husbands do. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, there's a lot going through my mind on that one. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it alone. What's the big deal? I mean, even though their sins seem pretty small, pretty insignificant, if God was going to wink, it seems to me, he just said, ah, it's all right, just a bite, no big deal. You see, but when you think about Adam and Eve's sin, it was severe enough to bring death into the world. That little bite of that apple caused us, you and I, to be born with sin nature. I mean, we were born, we were born into disobedience with a sin nature. That's how severe that little bite of apple was in, in the mind of God. Not only that, but it, it broke the intimate relationship between humankind and God. I mean, just a little bite from an apple. What can it hurt? But keep in mind, their sin was a little act of disobedience. Eat this fruit, even though God said not to. And when we examine our lives, how many times do we eat this fruit, even though God says not to eat it? And we think that God is going to wink at that, and it's just okay. Even though those sins that we often accept as little sins, that little white lie or this little deal here, not the biggies like murder or, or adultery, we think that, that we accept these little sins because they're not really big sins. They are still, they are still rebellion and rejection of God's love, his authority, and his lordship over our lives. Now, you see, when we understand sin for what it is, rebellion against God, then we begin to understand why he cannot simply wink at our sin. The truth is, this is the truth is, is that as believers, our, our hearts always know that sin is wrong. And at the end, it causes death. Now, uh, uh, sorrow, death and sorrow. Now, now think about it. So when you sin, it's like, oh, I didn't know I was sinned. When we make a conscious choice to tell a little white lie, we make a conscious choice to, make a, to do a little white lie. We say, oh, I've got to get out of this mess. Or if we're going to steal a piece of candy, we're not going to say, oh, I stole this candy. You mean that's sin? We know before we sin that it's sin. Right? I mean, that little steel voice says, don't do it. And we say, I got this. It's just a little thing. But in our heart, when we sin, we know, I don't have to stand up here and tell you. You know. You know, nobody has to point out your sin. You know. We know when we sin. Because God created us with a mind and heart that knows right from wrong. It's in Romans. Don't be fooled. Sin is not something to fool around with at any level. You see, God hates it. His word is loaded with the do not do it versus not because God wants to be a killjoy in our life. God doesn't want to take all the fun out of life. God wants to give us a life abundant, a life that's filled with, with, filled with joy, it's filled with fun, it's filled with excitement, and yet we think somehow if we just disobey that, then we're going to still expect that God's going to honor us and bless us and everything's going to be cool, and then we get ticked off at God because God's not blessing my life. He knows it's always wrong for us, and in the end, 
we get the paycheck we deserve. Now, that's just a little simple theological explanation, and that's very simple on why God can't wink at sin. Now, I want to give you some practical reasons why we shouldn't wink at sin and why God doesn't wink at sin. Number one, it quenches the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Anytime we sin and it goes unconfessed, the Bible says do not quench the Spirit. Now, to quench the Spirit means to throw a wet blanket over it. What sin does is put our spiritual fire out. I mean, we can be fired up for God. We can be doing things, man. We're just, we're just loving God, loving life, and things are going good. And then we go along and we come along and we mess it up and we do what we want to do. We rebel against God and his love for us. And what that does is puts his fire out. It quenches his spirit in our lives. It robs us. It robs us of the ability to understand spiritual truth. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to understand the will of God. And sin quenches the Holy Spirit's power and purpose in our life. And before you know it, we no longer hear the voice of God in our lives. Sin also robs us of our joy. The Bible says that God wants our lives to be full of joy, full now, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 4, these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Now, there's no translation that says that your joy may be complete. Not partial, but complete. Now, that means we're in a place that, that God approves of our lives. I mean, there's, there's this place that we just know that we know that we know that God is pleased with us. There's no sweeter place in my opinion, in life to be than in God's sweet spot. I mean, where I can lay my head down on my pillow at night and know that I just know that it is well with my soul. I mean, there's no better place to be. And if you've ever been there, you know exactly what I'm saying to you. But we also know that when we just go our own way and do our own thing, we are robbed of that joy and there's not, I mean, we lay our head down at night and we wonder. Sin will rob us of joy, the joy that brings excitement to our lives. King David, after he had sinned with Bathsheba, I think it's interesting her name was Bathsheba because she was taking a bath. Bathsheba was taking a bath and David said, come on over, baby, we're going to. And <laughs> should I not said that? <laughs> Send an email to Alicia at SalemFields.com. <laughs> but here's what he prayed. He said, restore to me the joy of our salvation. I mean, he was having a good time. I mean, he was having a great time until it was over. And he said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. God, I've lost the joy. And God, you didn't take it away. I forfeited it. And uphold me with your generous spirit. You see, sin causes us to lose the joy of our salvation. And when we lose the joy, we don't feel too saved. And when we don't feel too saved, then we start looking at the culture to find our pleasure. I mean, we say, well, I, I got to get some pleasure in my life. I got to get this joy back. And we somehow think that going out and doing our own thing is joy. It will bring us joy. S Sin is like an antiseptic to deaden the pain of an empty heart. Sin also robs us of our peace. You see, our life, if you're a believer, 
our lives should be characterized by an inner peace, an inner calm, and a contentment. It is well with my soul. Everything's good. And Paul says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. What does that mean? Well, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding means everything around me seems to be falling apart. Life is really not going very well. The circumstances of my life are not good, but the peace of God, I can't understand it. Well, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, unconfessed sin creates anxiety in our hearts. And there's no worse anxiety than sinful anxiety. It creates anxiety in our heart, which, which means there is a complete loss of our peace with God and our peace with ourselves. Now, I can tell you there is no pill, there is no prescription, there is no doctor that can take away the anxiety that sin causes. The only way to rid ourselves of the anxiety that sin causes in our life is confession. Is confession. Is God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And God forgives. And God forgives. And I'm telling you, when you've got that blessed assurance that God has forgiven, and it's well with my soul again, sin has made a lot of money for a lot of people. Don't be fooled. Sin also robs us of fellowship with God. The Bible says, that which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, if we say we have fellowship and we sin and continue to sin without confession, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now, I'm not saying, I, gotta, I got this is in my head, I got to get it out of my head. This is not like a funny thing. It's just I got to get it out of my head because I don't want you to misinterpret the fact that I believe there are people that have anxiety, but I'm talking about anxiety that's caused because we have sinned and not confessed it. So just know that. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just saying that sin causes anxiety, and unless we ask God to forgive us of that sin, we will always, always have that angst in our heart that says it's not well with my soul. And we're always looking over our shoulder to say when's sin going to find me out? When's this lie going to be exposed? When am I going to get caught? Back to fellowship. Fellowship, I feel better now. I've, fixed, I've confessed my sins. Fellowship can be defined as knowing that everything is right between God and us at any moment. The same things that make God happy make us happy. Do the things that make God happy make you happy? Does the things that make God sad make us sad? Sin also separates us from God. Isaiah says this, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor his ear too deaf to hear you call. Now this is, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. So sin will separate. Sin cuts us off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. I, you know, really, I, I was thinking about, I should have just did that little part right there and, and we prayed and go home. Because that's what sin does. You So anytime we wink at sin, 
and we're living with unconfessed sin in our lives, that sin will separate you from God. Now, it breaks your intimacy with God. I said that earlier. How does this play out in our lives? Well, it plays out this way. Let's say you tell a little white lie. Not a big lie, but a little white lie. Not a big sin, just a little sin. Well, that, that little white lie, you have a sin now that separates you from God. Say you have a little bit of envy in your life. Maybe you have some jealousy in your life. Maybe you, uh, maybe a little bit of lust in your life. You know, maybe you have, uh, you're having sex outside God's design of marriage. Maybe you have a gossip problem. Maybe you worry. Maybe you've got some unforgiveness or some bitterness toward a person. Maybe you've got a serious anger problem. And before long, you know what happens? Those sins, that sin starts to build up. One little sin on top of another sin, on top of another sin, on top of a big sin. And one day, you've built a wall that separates you from God. Now, you may still be in a relationship with God. But there's a barrier that now exists between you and God. And now you know, you're no longer experiencing the real presence of and the love of God in your life. And when, when we get to this point in our life, if you're not careful, your heart will become hardened. And one day you'll find yourself completely lost and separated from God. And I believe that's a scary place to be. And another reason God won't wink at sin is that sin will cause our prayers to be unanswered. The Bible says, if I, have not, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Now, David is saying, if, if I would not have confessed my sins of adultery, that's another thing. See, sins pile up. We, we commit sin, then we commit sin to cover up that sin, then we commit another sin to cover up that sin, then we commit another sin. And it just, for long, you got this pile of sin. Sin. Garbage. Whatever. You could call something else too, but uh, if he wouldn't have done that, God wouldn't have answered his prayer. If he wouldn't have confessed that. And when we as believers sin, God does not answer our prayers. That is huge. You see, the Bible says the only prayer that God hears and answers first is the prayer of confession. I'm sorry, God, I messed up. Folks, we mess up. And it's pride that keeps us from getting on our knees or laying in our bed or whatever it is and saying, God, I messed up. I'm sorry. That's a pretty simple solution to imperfection. That's a pretty loving God who doesn't want us to sin and breaks our relationship with him, but he still gives us a way to get back to him and get right with him by just saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry is some of the hardest words to say, I think. Because of pride. In closing, let me say one more thing about why God doesn't wink at our sin. It's because he knows what is best for us. And he loves us. And he wants us, he wants us to live life the way he knows will bring us the most peace and comfort and contentment in our lives. And that's why he doesn't forget about us. God doesn't forget about us when we mess up. 
He doesn't ignore us when we sin. The Bible says in Isaiah, can a mother have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, God says, I will not forget. I will not forget you, buddy. You see, the good news of the gospel is this, that God will not forget you. And he will forgive us. That is the gospel. Go home and read 1 John chapter 1, chapter 2. 1 John chapter 1, chapter 2. The Bible says in John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I can't help every time I read that verse, I think, you know what? I've messed up, and I've really messed up, but God not only forgive me, but he'll make me pure, which makes me feel like it never happened. And I like that. The point I'm trying to make today is that we cannot as believers continue to sin without it leading to sorrow in our lives and the lives of others. And that's why God cannot wink at sin. The question I'll leave you with today is this. Will you live life your way and wink at sin and suffer its consequences or will you, enjoy, will you choose to live God's way? Here's what I know from my life. I have never sinned. Yeah, come on, laugh. That's funny, okay? Good gracious. Uh, here's what I know. I've never felt wrong or had anxiety in my heart when I've made the choice to live God's way and choose not to sin. I've never chosen not to sin and had anxiety in my heart or fear. Never. Because I've learned the hard way that confession is the only way to his peace to his peace of mind, and to his heart. He made us, and he knows us, and he knows what's best for us. And when it comes to sin, the choice is to be obedient. It is always the right choice. It's always the right choice. Father, we thank you for your presence here. I thank you, Father, for those that have gathered here, those that have gathered online. God, I thank you that your word is true, Father, and it will not go out void. And so I'm believing today, God, that there will be someone today who will understand the truth of this message and turn, Lord, from those ways that lead to death and follow your ways that leads to life and wholeness and fullness. Father, I pray that your presence would be with us as we close out our worship time together. And I just want to pray with you today that the forgiveness of sins begins with having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's coming to that point where we say, you know what, God, I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness in my life. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you've never confessed your sins, if you have never invited him into your life to be your Savior, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, just pray, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Remember, he's faithful and just and will forgive us. Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. I invite you into my heart to be my Savior. Now, if you prayed that, will you just say, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. 
Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. That's the good news of the gospel. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, maybe you would say, you know what, buddy, I prayed that prayer this morning, and I want to make a public testimony before man and before God. So I'm going to look around, but nobody, I'm going to ask everybody else to just keep their eyes closed. But if you prayed that prayer today and you're saying, God, I thank you for forgiving me of my sins and being my Savior. I'm sincere in what I prayed. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, would you raise your hand? Anybody like that today? Yeah, God bless you. All over, the, all over the auditorium, God bless you. God sees your hand. He knows your heart. Praise the Lord. I want to ask you something. If you prayed that prayer, will you stop out at the table today? As you leave, there's a little green sign that says, Accepted Christ, stop here. It won't take long. It won't be embarrassing. Just have a little a gift we want to give you that will help you understand better what God has done in your life today. We're going to worship in just a moment, but I, I just want to encourage you today as we stand and we worship today, would you, if, if there's unconfessed sin in your life, will you just take a moment during this time that we have together and would you just ask God to forgive you? Will you just confess? Maybe there's, a, maybe there's something that's just ongoing in your life. And God's spoken to you about that many, many times. I've had that in my life where I thought I knew better than God. And I got to tell you, it found me out. And it's messed up. It messed up my life and it's messed up the lives of others. When we have cherished sin in our heart where God is saying, give it up. And we're saying, no, I'm holding on to it. I just want to encourage you today. The Holy Spirit is here. Will you confess today? Will you just let go? And let God forgive you through Jesus Christ. You see, that's why Jesus died on the cross. That's why he shed his blood. is so that you and I could have eternal life, new life, be forgiven of our sins. And if you're a believer today, but you know that you know that you know that things are just not right between you and God. During this worship song, will you just confess to God? You can come up front and confess. I don't think anybody in this church will look down on you for coming and praying, but you can pray right there in your seat. But I'm just asking you today to just, let's just get right with God and do whatever he asks us to do today. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Could we stand and worship together? Oh, God. 
and runs deep. Your grace is more. Where grace is found is where you are. Where you are, Lord, I for what's taking place here this morning, God. God, let us leave here free, Father, because we've met with you, because we've repented and surrendered to what we need to, God. God, let us walk out of here with the freedom and the peace that only you can provide, Lord. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys. See you back here next weekend. Invite, invite, invite. Let's make Mother's Day great.